Hello and welcome to a podcast brought to you by The Religion of Aston Villa. We're a social media account on Twitter and Facebook that wants to get our voices out there and heard, so please join us. Hello guys and welcome to another episode. It has been a while because things have been going on um, for all of us at home and work and things like that. So it has been a while and I know we've missed a few games. I can only apologise on that. Um, But we are back and we will be doing our previews, reviews and things in the weeks to break things up. And I know we're a little early um, because like I say it is international break week, but we have just missed you guys so much that we thought we'd drop out the Wolves preview. Um, but we've added uh, a, a couple of things into this. We're going to be building sides between the two sides in every preview from now on. And also, before we go, we're going to talk about the PIF takeover in Newcastle. As I know it's not really Villa news, but it is huge footballing news. Um, uh, so, yes, I just wanted to get Callum's opinion on it. And obviously, um, I can share my own. So, as always, uh, we're going to play uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. We're going to use the full name. So, to start, what would your lineup be, Callum? Um, obviously, we're, we're doing this before international break is yeah. finished. Um, so, we, we hope that all players come through that fit and, you know, don't get injured. Uh, I can't remember if the red list countries are still going to have to isolate or not. I know Smith was trying to get something with the government to say that they could play or do some sort of, um, you know, rest or whatever. Um, but to, if, so if that is fine and that gets done, you know, you're expected, you know, an, an unchanged, may pro- pro- it's probably going to be an unchanged team from when we played Spurs. Um you know, it was kind of a disappointing performance. We didn't really show up and show what we could actually do. Um, but, you know, it was again, it was a team that beat United away. So, <clears throat> and look, it's going to be two teams that come against each other with three at the back formations or five back formations. So, Bruce could, no, Bruce, Smith could um, change it. So, I'm too busy thinking about Newcastle. Um <laughs> Smith could change it to maybe a four-three-three to see if he can change the tactic to to kind of counter their formation. But I can really see a, a starting eleven, which is the same as the Spurs and the United game. Yeah, I mean, I'm completely with you. I don't think there'd be any changes. I'd be quite shocked if there is any changes. It wasn't exactly a bad game, and he, I know probably Spurs. Well, to be fair, the defending for the Spurs goals was horrendous, but that was, you know, then and this is now. But um, I, I wouldn't change anything. Um, like I say, there may be like, um, maybe Twan Zabi might come in. For, I mean, Hawes has had a really, he's been really good since he's come in, to be fair. So, you know, uh, there might be an argument or maybe drop Mings if he's tired from international, if he comes back or whatever. But like I say, we are recording before the international, so we don't know if he's played. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there will be any changes at all. Um, I would like to see Buendia get a bit of a run in the starting eleven, but again, Ramsey's keeping him out. You know, surprise, surprise that um, 
I was a proper critical of him last season, but he is keeping out us, you know, record signing out. So fair play to him. But yeah, I'm completely with you. I think it'll be a completely uh, unchanged side. Um, how do you think it'll go? Because obviously it, it's, well, it is a derby without being a derby. I mean, Villa fans won't class it as a derby because it's just the fact that they're in the Midlands, so it's classed as one. Um, but yeah, so what, what do you think? I mean, because it is quite close in the league. I mean, like it's 10th versus 12th. I mean, <clears throat> when you look at it on paper, uh, Wolves have had four wins out of five in the league and their only loss um, was against... Uh, oh, sorry, um, three wins out of five in the last in the last five and those losses were against United and Brentford. Um, <clears throat> they've won the last two away at Southampton and at home to Wolves. It wasn't... Sorry, home to Newcastle. They weren't convincing performances by Wolves, though. Um, so that can play into our hands. You know, we beat, um, we can, we've beaten teams like that this season uh, comfortably. You know, you look back to the Everton game, and you know, if we if we've, uh, we turn up like we did against United, like we did against Everton, and we could go there with a full fully strengthened team, I don't see why we can't go and win the game. We we should try and win the game. We need to try and beat these kind of clubs, no disrespect to to Wolves, if we want to challenge for European places or, you know, around that ballpark, because the lesser teams we need to beat, and, you know, Wolves could be there for the taking. Um, but it's, it's all going to be down to it, whether we turn up, because we didn't turn up against Spurs, and when we did, it was only for one, you know, bit of brilliance for the goal, and that then that was it. So, you know, it's going to be tough. You know, a bit of derby, a bit of derby rivalry for their side, anyway. Um, and you know, if we win, it puts us uh, four points ahead of Wolves as well. So it, it puts us in the right way, and we need to get points because we've, you know, we could have taken more at the start of this season. We haven't, so we need to get a head screwed on from the first whistle to the end, and just see it out but I just hope that we go there and turn up straight away yeah that's that's my thing I genuinely think it will be who comes out of who comes out the starting blocks the best because if we're on our point and we're on game uh, we, we, we're taking three points and there's no question about that because like you said a full strength squad and the way we play against Everton you know uh, and even the United I know United was obviously more in it than um uh, then you know the scoreline shows, but still, I think we, we can you know win too much for them potentially. Obviously, they've you know got that He Chan who's just come in and he's you know he's doing really well for them. Yemenis is back, which is huge. Um, but I, I still think we win too strong. But again, the like you said, the Spurs was was really poor, and if we play like that, then we'll get turned over. It, I genuinely think this game is more in our hands than in the hands of. Uh, of Wolves um, but again they've got some good players as you've said they've got two wins on the bounce okay you know we've had to play Spurs and United they've played uh, Newcastle and Southampton so you know there is a bit of you know difference in the quality that we've just played uh, still you know going into them going to go into that game full of confidence two wins you know, you can't argue that. And we're on the back of, OK, we beat Man United, which was huge because obviously no Villa fan ever expects to beat Man United. 
the Spurs results was absolute pants. So for me, I genuinely think it comes down to um, how, how, how we come out more than Wolves. Wolves can be on their day. They could be, you know, the best Wolves side they're going to be all season. But if we are the same, then we extra strengthen them. We, we just we will be too much. Um, Scoreline, what's your prediction? I mean, <clears throat> I'm, well, I'm, I'm, hope, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Villa win because I can see them scoring from a header. Um, <laughs> they're that kind of team that, you know, they're going to try and get in behind and they're going to try and put crosses in and they're going to try and cause a problem aerially. So, again, a good a good reason to have a five-back, you know, with the three centre-backs, House, Mings and Concer, if all available. Um, but like like you said and like we've, we've both said, the, hopefully the quality will, will shine through and um, a bit more of a creative squad and a bit more of a, you know, um, skillful squad will see us through and, and get three points. So I'm going to say 2-1 and I'm going to go for a cheeky Leon Bailey and John McGinn. I've gone 2-1. Um I, I just think because at the minute this season is completely different to last season where we are conceding pretty much most games now. Yeah. Um so them gonna score. And I genuinely think if they score first, they win. If we score if we score first, we we, we win. Do you know what I mean I just genuinely think it'll come down to the first goal scorer will be the team who drops the red first, um, you know, by, by going behind. Um I think that I, I, I do think we are gonna um score first. That's why I think it'll be two one. Um, and I think Watkins will score because I've always said this, that Watkins is a patch striker and he's just scored against Spurs. So I would genuinely have good money on him to score against Wolves um, because he loves to go in like a two, three, possibly four games, you know, streak of scoring. So I'm going to go for an old Ollie uh, for the first. And I think Danny Ings is going to score the second. Reason being is I was having a chat with my dad, who's a Chelsea fan, and he was like, well, I kind of expected Danny Ings to do more. And I was like, I don't know what you want. He scored like an overhead kick. Like he's got two goals. I'm sure he's got a couple of assists. I was like, Christ, give him chance. Them settle in. So I'm gonna say just so I can give him a bit of grief. Um, Danny Ings to score the the second. Um, before we talk about the PIF and Newcastle, uh, like I said, we have introduced a new uh, little topic that we're gonna do a challenge for both of us, and it is to build a side between two sides. So obviously, every preview, whoever we're playing, we have to build a side between the two sides. So we're gonna go four four two for. All of them. Um, so I will let Callum go first. So build your four four two, mate. I mean, I was quite tempted to go all Villa, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. Oh. Uh, um, <clears throat> I'm not. I'm not going to go um, too vanilla, should we say? Um, but the back five is all Villa: Martinez, Cash, Conta, Mings, and Target. Um, then the four in midfield. On the right is going to be, uh, I'm going to say Bailey. Uh, in two in the middle, I'm going to stick with Villa and go with John McGinn. Th- then partnering him is the first Wolves player of uh, Ruben Neves. 
I just think he's quality and st- I was still still surprised how they got him from Porto when they were in the championship. Uh, and then on the left side, it's uh, it's a difficult one because there there I'm thinking about Adama, but he's only a pace merchant right now and he does nothing really otherwise. Um, quite tempted to just put El Ghazi in just for the bants. And then <clears throat> up top, I'm going to go with Raul Jimenez and Danny Ings. Oh, I was quite shocked on that, to be fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Wow, okay. Took my shock. Um, obviously, back five's the same. I was tempted to have Connor Cody over Mings, but I thought, do you know what? I can't drop my captain. I just can't do it. I ain't got it in me. Um, but then I don't think Cody's better than Mings either. So you know, I just, I was just, I think I was just trying to uh, appease myself by putting more Wolves in. Um, and yet Cody know. gets in the England squad. Yeah, yeah, over Conser, over Conser, which is absolutely lunacy. I mean, I don't think I know any Villa fan who would moan if he dropped Mings for Conser to go in for England. I genuinely don't think anybody would be like, okay, <laughs> we've got a problem with that because Conser is so much better. But yeah. Topic for another day. Um, so I'm back five is the same. Uh, my left wing, I'm going to go. Oh, I'm going to go Bailey. I wanted to go Neto. I know he's out injured, but I was thinking about going Neto. But I'm just so excited to see Bailey play, so I'm going to leave him in. I'm going to go McGinn and Nevers, as you rightly said. And on the right, I'm going to go Trinko. Um, I, I think he's an absolute talent, and I'm so shocked he's gone to. And up front, uh, I love Ollie, so he's gonna have to stay. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Dannings. I'm gonna have to. And it's not even a bias thing. I mean, if if there was an option to pay thirty million for Yemenis or Rings, I'd probably still go Rings. If I'm honest. Cool. What about you? What would you go? I mean, I think it all depends on um, what you need from a squad. Obviously, Danny Ings is. Um... He's kind of a poacher, but he's also a, a slight deep line play, a uh, deep line forward. You know, he likes to drop in, collect the ball, and distribute. And you know, his distribution is very good. I mean, we saw that against Everton for the Bailey goal. And you know, Jimenez, he, you know, he's he's six foot three, so you know what he's he's there for. He's he's there for a, a towering centre half to 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 get in the get the headers in. You know, yeah. he's he's ba- he's basically the Mexican John uh, John Carew. So it 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 really depends uh, on on what on what the club needs. Um, but and I think I can't remember how old Danny Ings is. Is he twenty nine? I think he's twenty nine, and then yeah, Yemen, Yemen is older, isn't he? I think he's only one year older. So Ings has got one year more in the tank. You'd have thought. Um, Who are you going for? Thirty million on the table. Who are you oh, taking? Shit. Uh, Ings. Oof, good lad. Good lad. Uh, to be fair, if you went Remini's, I couldn't have argued. Them both absolute top-class Premier League stri- strikers, centre-forwards, um, and both are, are, you know, very close to, you know, a, a, that's why it's such a touch, tough decision because them both superb. Do you know what I mean? That there's them mm. both goal scorers, both lead the line well. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Interesting um, from our point of view. Um, if Archer keeps doing what he's doing, uh, knocking on the door now, um, who you know does he come in for? 
does, does he stay on the bench? Does he come in and replace Ings, Watkins? Does he wait for an injury? Because he is knocking on the door every week now. I mean, you've got to sometimes question, not in a bad way, but question the, the, the academy. You know, you see, um, you know, Keenan Davis, how he's not impacted the squad, shall we say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, let's not, let's not beat around the bush. Cameron Archer has scored against the most expensive goalkeeper in the world in Kepa Ariza Balaga against Chelsea. And I know a lot of people may say, oh, yes, but he's only scoring against like League One opposition when he, when the, when he scored a hat-trick against Burton the other night. But, you know, there's other players that can't do that right now. And I'm pretty sure I put on the on the Facebook page that we were the only under-21 team to win in this round of the Papa John's Trophy. So, you know, we're clearly one of the best uh, academy teams out there right now. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We, I, I genuinely think we're probably... We're in the top three or four in the in the country at the minute. Um, and if 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 he, and if he ca- carries on, he'll will be scoring more goals than Birmingham have this season. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is um, he is smashing it. And let's just because um, I know Chukamaker's contract's coming up at the end of the season. Well, not end of the season, sorry, but like they can renew him. Concerns eighteen. Another lad we need to get on. And get him tied up, but yeah, it's 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 absolutely vital this bloodline that we've got coming through, and it's, it's so gonna... exciting, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is, and I saw the other day that uh, the Villa under twenty threes were playing away, and there was like five hundred Villa fans in the crowd, which was like unreal. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I mean we are going places, and it's very good. And like you say, it's just um, hopefully it continues. Um, before we go. Um, we did say that obviously it was major breaking news and not going to lie, it's been a ban in my life with my brother, as I've said before, being a huge Newcastle fan. Uh, I've had it non-stop uh, in the neck for the last two days. I am tired <laughs> and worn out. Um, but obviously not just that, it is obviously huge news that you know Newcastle have been taken over and now the richest club in the world by owner status. Um, so yeah, just thought we'd have a quick chat about it um, because obviously it's quite controversial really um, the whole takeover by Saudi I mean they're going to say the government's not involved but let you know we're not stupid you know it's um, it's fronted by somebody else but it's definitely them backing them oh, yeah um, so yeah so you know what, what do you think I mean for me personally I, I, I can't see how they could pass a fit and proper test let alone you know, just be, and I just think they're they're criminals. Let's be. I'm not going to lie. I just think beheading people for being gay and stoning women to death, and that's just normal behaviour for them. That just doesn't sit right for me at all. It's not about. I mean, obviously the money's a different kettle of fish as well. Obviously because you know, ten times the wealth of Man City. You know what I mean, Jesus. But just the whole ethics behind it as well. Well, uh, I watched a video earlier by TIFO, who are a really good um, source of fo- for football. And um, they had a, kind of an insight into what's gone off. Um, uh, it was, uh, it seemed to be quite a lot about um, like TV streaming services and in um, Saudi Arabia was the main problem. But like 
apparently they've sorted themselves out since the takeover last time got cancelled. And I think also the Premier League had to change some of the tests um, so they could pass or something like that anyway. But, you know, like you say, it, the, it's $260 billion they're worth, isn't it, or something like that. And um, it's crazy money, and it? it's going to be... I don't know how long it's going to take to adapt for other clubs to to realise how much of a powerhouse Newcastle could be now. We're yeah. all we're all used to Mike Ashley, and you know, um, SportsDirect.com United kind of thing, but you know that's going to now go, and it's going to be weird to I think a weird to see because you know Ashley's been there, you know, as long as I can remember, and um, they have a genuine chance of now doing what we're doing. They have a chance of now not, you know, competing with Burnley or, you know, Sheffield United for transfers. They could try and compete with, you know, some of the bigger bigger teams in the league and it, and also across across Europe. Um, obviously, financial fair play is still going to be an issue for them. And obviously, they can lose so much money, but how much are they actually going to willing to lose on Newcastle. You know, they might spend £100 million for the next five seasons, but is it going to get them anywhere? Um, yeah. You know, they said that they want to get the league in the next five to ten years. They kind of want to copy what Man City did with Sheik Mansour. So their expectations and their ambitions are there. It's just if they can now get it into, you know, to the players and the, the newcomers and staff... And I just find it funny and, you know, kind of like, oh, as soon as they get taken over, this and this person's rumoured and this manager's rumoured and this, 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 this. Like, Zidane to Newcastle. I mean, come on. This is this is Newcastle. They've been managed by Steve Bruce for, you know, two and a half years or however long it's been, three years. Um, it's it's going to take some time to adjust, uh, for me, definitely. And I bet you're, you know... <laughs> you're not loving it even even well, even less with your with your <laughs> with your family. Um, yeah, it's 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 been a nightmare. Um, genuinely, the, the, I mean, some of the scenes outside St James's Park as well. It's just a bit, you know, you know. I know you've been taken over and all that, but there's no need to get like Saudi Arabia flags up and all this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's 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 uh, from an ethics point of view. I don't agree with it. I I, I wouldn't want them. It, I wouldn't want them at Villa Park. I, I'm happy with our owners. We're doing it the right way. Okay. Yes, they're probably going to go and throw money at a wall and just do a Man City or a Chelsea and just go and win trophies after trophies. But it's plastic. Do you know what I mean? It's not. I'm not going to sit. I don't think Newcastle have the infrastructure that we do. No. I don't think they do at the moment, but when you, yeah, they, they've, I mean, our owners are rich. They're, they're ridiculously rich and, but they're, they're just a different level. Do you know what I mean? They've got what, a trillion pounds to spend. Yeah. And aren't they, aren't they 50 times more wealthy than our owners? Yeah. It's something, yeah. It's something like, I think, yeah, like they said that literally you could combine the 19 teams together and yeah. they're still richer. 
Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's how silly it is. So they've, they've got unlimited money. I mean, most billionaire, I mean, most Premier League owners have, have got unlimited money to an extent, I suppose, but this is just something different. And that this kind of makes the call for a salary cap and a transfer cap more so needed now more than ever, because it could just be ridiculous. I know there's financial fair play, but we've seen how much of a farce that is with Man City and PSG just paying off fines. They can pay fines off, to, you know, till their ears bleed because it doesn't, it's like, you know what I mean? Like if it's a, a million pound fine, 10 million, a hundred million pound fine to, Man, uh, to Newcastle now, that's sofa money. Do you know what I mean? Like that's just what they find the back of their sofas inside. It, yeah. it, it's ridiculous. So there, there's no stopping them until there's some sort of cap. And I, I genuinely think that needs to come in. It should have been brought in years ago, but that's something else. But, you know, they, they've said that they want to be, um, what, Champions League within 10 years, five to 10 years. They want to be basically winning everything, which says to me that it's not a slow burn. Like we are, we're very developed players, bring them up get what we can out of, you know, get the most out of them, sell them on, then do it all again. Obviously, we're going to do big transfers, what we've been doing, spend 100 mil a season and so on, um, and then just develop players into what they are. We're not that type of club where we'll go and spend 30, 40 million on, on, a, on somebody who's ready now, and, you know, like uh, uh, someone like a Coutinho or a Kane, but Newcastle sound like they're going to do that. I don't think... I think I'm going a bit overzealous thinking like I've seen all these predicted lineups of like Haaland and Mbappe up front for Newcastle. <laughs> but I think they need to realise that Mbappe and Haaland are not going to go to a club outside Champions League. They're it's just like, like it's like they're playing FIFA career mode. Yeah, it is or, yeah. Or they cheating and putting them on the team from the start. Yeah, ex- exactly. And it, they're not Haaland and Mbappe, unless they're driven by money and they're gonna get paid two million a week or something. They're going to go to a Champions League side now. Until man's uh, till sorry, until Newcastle reach a Champions League, I still think they're going to be limited on who they're going to sign. They're not going to go. Harry Kane's not going to go from Spurs to Newcastle, in my opinion, if Man City's there because he's going to get Champions League football. That that to me, that's just a no-brainer. But but yeah, I just I'm I'm I'm. It's kind of took the wind out of, out of ourselves, in my opinion, a little bit. I mean, obviously, I don't think it's going to affect, which is what I wanted to talk about more so, was how it would affect Suarez and Eden. Because, obviously, a team that was always arguably finishing below us and predicted to finish below us, and now we're going to end up being right at the top of the table. So, if we were predicting to finish eighth, and obviously the other teams below us was including a Newcastle, does that for you push us down to ninth. Do you get what I mean? Like, does does their all of a sudden investment change our five-year plan of breaking into Europe or does it extend it? Does it... Because I remember uh, when Randy Lerner was spending a lot of money under O'Neill, Roman Abramovich come in and blew Randy Lerner out the, money, out the water because at the time, Randy Lerner was spending huge sums of money. Um, and it kind of felt like as soon as Roman Abramovich started spending his oil money... Um, it kind of knocked the winds out of Randy Lerner and we kind of dipped, well, we went down the panel a little bit. I'm not blaming it on that because I know we got divorced and things, but, you know, do you think this could do the same effect to them or do you think they're going to stay on the course? Do you think them like, oh, we're not going to be able to compete now, so why bother? What What do you think? I think sometimes you've just got to focus on yourself more than others. Um, obviously, it's it, it's going to be one more club that are going to be competitive against us the, um, going forward. But I think as long as we're doing our thing, you know, we're bringing in 
the youth players that we're doing, we're getting the right infrastructure in, the right people in, the right players in. I don't see why we can't be in the Champions League in five years' time. You know, a lot of things can happen in football. You know, things can go against you, things can go with you. I mean, you look at Leicester winning the title, you know, anything can happen really. But I think we just need to stay calm, focus on ourselves. You know, if Newcastle get more competitive, fine, then we need to get a bit more competitive. Obviously, you'll keep one eye on it for sure. But um, no, we we just need to stay grounded, keep doing what we're doing because we're, what, this is the third year into our plan or something like that, isn't it? So we're a lot further down the line than Newcastle are. So we've got a three-year gap, yes, and it could be gone overnight if Newcastle go and spend two hundred million in the next tra- in the next summer window. Um but let's just focus on ourselves and keep to our plan. Well, yeah, that's the thing. And as you said, we've got to keep an eye on ourselves. But my concern more so than anything now is obviously Newcastle are gonna have a lot of money to spend, as you said, hundred, two hundred million, whatever it's gonna be. They're going to obviously try and buy for the time being until they reach that elite stage, buy players in and around them um, at club level, which obviously includes us. Um, and my concern is, will they want to go for Martinez, Conza, Watkins? And obviously we can ask for a huge sum of money, um, but that would just kill me, that would just seeing the fact that we've just started building this amazing side and then Newcastle coming with a hundred million pound bid or 80 million pound bid for Ollie Watkins, you know, what, 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 what do we do as a club? Do we, do we, does Watkins or sometimes his head turn around going, okay, I want to be a part of that. You know, what they're doing is the start of what Man City was. I want to be a part of that because I'm going to be in a Champions League squad in two, three years and Villa ain't going to be there in two, three years. Do you get what I mean? Like that. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is what I think is going to happen. More so, I think this is why Villa fans should be more concerned than um, than not because Newcastle are going to try and snap up players in and around them. Like you know, you don't know for Leeds' arguments. Like might go after Phillips, might go to West Ham and go for Rice. You know, just stupid things like that. You just um, they're going to do that. You know, let's not beat around the bush. They are going to go for Premier League made players who aren't exactly playing in Champions League or European football. Yeah, and um, I've just been scrolling through Twitter and Villa Report have just said it, that apparently 19 other top flight clubs are understood to be united in uh, opposition uh, and complaining about Newcastle's takeover and one in an emergency meeting next week. What that's, what? <laughs> yeah, and that source is from the Guardian. Do you know what I saw that earlier? Um, but it's it's too late. What they're going to do? They're going to hand in a receipt and say, "No, back to Saudi Arabia, you go." Yeah, you, you know can't. I mean? You know, it's done now. You can't what, really. What what's going to? I mean, like, okay, maybe there could be a proactive thing. Like I said, maybe a cap comes in to stop them. But or or or, or what, what what can they? Or you know, maybe. What worst case scenario, they they get what a two three year um, transfer embargo. 
maybe, which doesn't really help because financial fair play means I can spend even more in that fourth year. That this means isn't going to go away. Also, them being able to take a test or the same test, why is it six months apart? From, no, a bit more than that, isn't it? Yeah. Just under a year from each, from each, each try. I mean, that's in itself is a bit dodgy. Yeah, dodgy, concerning. Yeah. Um, and now I, I just think, I wonder if the Premier League are just thinking about, oh, Saudi Arabia, we can sell loads of stuff there. Yeah, and it, it's, it's the one thing that got me more so than anything was that one line that was at the bottom of the, um, I think it was on the Premier League website, about we've had assurances that the um, Saudi Arabia and royal family are not involved at all for the PIF. And I was like, do you, to how stupid you sound with the fact that the PIF public investment fund is owned by the Saudi Arabian royal family, but they're not involved. How yeah, can PIF, I'm... do you know what I mean? How can they own it, own Newcastle, but they're not, but you're saying they don't get any control? Stavely, Amanda Stavely, I know she's a very rich woman, but she is just a puppet for them. Let's not lie here. Do you know what I mean? She is. She's that. English. Yeah. And I find that quite hilarious at the fact that a country that is against women's rights, stone women to death, uh, has a British woman. It could be a way them. to get the Premier League on side, though. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was about to say. It's, it's exactly that. It's to show, oh, look, you know, look, we're in the good light. We're actually got a woman involved, you know, even though what we're doing back at home, you know, don't look at that. Just put that behind a blanket. You know, we won't look at that. But what you can see right in front of you is we've got a, you know, one of your own British women and she's going to be heading this whole operation. And no, no, we're not going to be involved at all. Wink, wink. Do you know what I mean? Well, I just the video that Tifo did. I'm pretty sure that they said the state of Abu Dhabi or whatever they are giving or whatever two hundred million pounds towards that. That's their towards the overall um, asset or something like that. So part of the two hundred six to whatever two hundred sixty billion, two hundred million of it comes from Abu Dhabi or something like that. But don't um then they own a small majority though. Who uh, of the PIF? Yeah. I I I mean I was under the impression that the PIF bought Newcastle outright for three hundred million. But... Yeah, but it, it was I thought it was, wasn't it split into three. PI um they got eighty percent and there was two ten percent. Oh yeah, was it the? Is it because I always got well? As I say, my brother's a huge Newcastle fan, and he was always talking about the Ruben brothers. So, is the Ruben brothers involved? Because literally everything I've seen has just been talking about PIF, PIF, PIF. So, I haven't yeah. exactly seen um, like the complete breakdown of Newcastle. So, if you're saying that there's two smaller ones, then um, because like I say, all it literally says everywhere is Saudi takeover. That's literally all I've seen. So, are you saying that there's two smaller parties involved within the, the 100% ownage of Newcastle? I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pr- I, I thought I saw it somewhere that there was an, that they took 80% and then they, they split it between themselves kind of thing. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> that's then, not dodge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why, that's why I was thinking it was it, it's a bit more dodgy. Yeah. No, yeah, because like, cause like I said, I remember the last time that they went in, it was uh, PIF, Amanda Staveley, and the Rubin brothers. 
um, was going to go in, and then obviously it got you know pulled apart and you know, didn't go through and all that whatever happened you know because of the the rights. But then this one, um, I thought this was just literally PIF with Amanda Stavely just fronting the uh, the, the the whole thing. But I, yeah, I, I think I've, I think I may have just there we go. So uh, PIF eighty percent RB Sport and Media. 10% and PCP Capital Partners 10%. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. But I, so... think, but I think they're all owned by the same guy or whatever. Oh, right. Fair enough. Yeah, because I think because PCP. Um, oh, PCP I'm... is Amanda Stavely. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm going to say. Then, I... Yeah, then you've got the Ruben Brothers at 10% and then um, PIF as 80 yeah, 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 because I know the root. Because basically, like I said, um, I, I keep getting told this over and over by my brother, but I'm pretty sure that the value, like Amanda Stavely has enough money on her own to buy a Premier League club. The Rubin brothers have enough money to buy a Premier League club on their own, and obviously PIF certainly does. Um, so it's absolutely nuts to think that they've got like three like huge backers <laughs> when one of them would have sufficed which is, it's it's ridiculous. And yeah, I just, I don't know. And like you say, with that breaking news of the, the meeting, I just kind of think something, I, I, well, I don't know, they, obviously Newcastle can't, they can't get rid of them now because I'm taking over. It's all saying like it's legit. And it was, it's not, you know Ashley, what I mean? Ashley will want to keep his money now as well. Obviously, yeah. And it's not like, it's not like it just come out the blue, is it? Do you know what I mean? So I don't understand why these 19 other clubs are kicking off now when they should have done it 48 hours ago. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What, 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 why do it now? Or, I mean, or, or 11 months ago when they tried to take over the first time. Yeah, yeah, and just gone, no, and you can't come back. Do you know what I mean? Why, why do it now when it's too late? Like I say, unless maybe, you know, thinking outside the box, maybe they was told, no, no, we, they won't come back in, that won't happen, and then it's gone through. But yeah. I, I don't know. But I'll be very interested to see what happens because unless, like I say, you can't you can't get rid of them now. Them here, that's it. We have to just live with it. So the only thing I can think of is the the repercussions behind it and a reactive um, effect of either do we bring in a cap because obviously they can blow everybody out of the water. Do we enhance FFP? Do they? What do they do? I mean, do do the you nineteen know, other clubs say, well, do you know what? We just don't want to be part of the Premier League anymore. We'll make our own league and do the polar opposite to what the Super League was going to do and just say, like, no, nah, we're not going to be a part of this. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what the what the you know. There's only so much obviously these nineteen clubs can do, and just writing a word like a strong worded letter isn't exactly going to do, Jack. <laughs> no, and I know there is. Um... Some sort of um, rules and regs, as in um, player, uh, player um, assign assigning players to to the like match day twenty five or the twenty five that you're going to use for the season. Um, like you have to have a certain amount of English players, certain amount of players through the academy, not so many foreign players. So they, they've got to take that into consideration. But I think they will be smart about it, though. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, but again, if they decide to break the rules like City did, what's going to happen? Are they just going to? Yeah, and, a, and a, oh, a, a, what like you said, like a, if it's even like a hundred thousand pound fine, 
that's pocket change for him. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I, I'm going to say that I'm probably in the vast majority that I'm not, you know, I'm not happy with this. Not just from a, I'm not that, but I mean, if Je- Jeff Bezos decided to buy Newcastle um, or Bill Gates, fine. Okay, fine. That's that. It is what it is. Um, but it's just the whole ethics behind it is just it's just got me kind of. I wouldn't say upset, but it's just it's ridiculous. It's just not right. I mean, like what happens now if like you know, bloody Putin tries and buys a side or Kim Jong Un. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it's the same. It's the exact same thing. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's just, it's it's madness. And I just think having a state buy a club is just absolutely ridiculous. Having a country buy, you know what I mean? Like, what happens if old Quinn Elizabeth decides to go and buy Bristol City? You know, is she allowed to do this and use taxpayers' money? Is Putin allowed to do it? Is Kim Jong Un allowed to go and buy somebody? Do you know what I mean? Like, because obviously they they're just as bad as as they are at killing people and stuff. Maybe less so. Because um, obviously, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just I don't get it, but it is what it is now. So, so yeah. Anything you want to add before we uh before we go and leave people in peace? <laughs> well, I was going to bring it back towards Villa now. You know, we've had a. Newcastle kind of rant, um, but I just wanted to, to touch on before we before we go um, the, the 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 quality that the under twenty three team has, how they've progressed over the last year. Um, you know they are playing in the EFL Trophy or Papa John Trophy or whatever you want to call it. They've beaten two League One teams already, three one against Wickham, who were just relegated from the Championship, and a four two win the other night against Burton. They've got MK Dons to play. And if you look at the, um, you know, last season's, um, you know, in the same um, competition and the same trophy, an 8-1 loss to Sunderland, a 3-0 loss to Fleetwood and a 3-1 loss to Carlisle. You know, we didn't win a game. We only scored two goals and we conceded, you know, 14 in three games. This season... You know, we've got six points from a possible six. It looks like we're going to go through to the next round. Um, I just think the progress and the, you know, how Perslow is wanting not just the first team to improve, but all of the teams to improve. And not, it's not, that's not even just men's either. That's with the women's as well. Uh, you know, you don't don't credit them out because they're, they're doing a fantastic job as well. But especially the under-23s, you know, when you compare the results... From a year to now, and you when you get when you're getting beat eight nil by Sunderland, and now they're beating you know good League One teams in Wickham and Burton. I just you know you t- you have to take your hat off to them and, and you know you applaud them. And we've finally well not finally but we've got a youth team that's got his head screwed on, and with Perslow here, I think that can only blossom even more. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. The, it makes perfect sense to improve the under-23s, the academy, and so on, and even working your way down, you know, to even below the under-18s and whatever. Um, and, and, and obviously the women, but I don't really follow the women's football. Obviously, I see the scores and things like that, but, um, but from the men's point of view is, 
you know, Mark Harrison has done a superb job in recruiting these players. And um, I got told a, a long time ago when Mark Harrison come in and um, and under Perso's reign that there was basically an uncapped amount of money to spend on um, upcoming players, mm. um, which is why you've probably, you can see that we've spent, it's not huge sums of money in the world of football, but it is for that level um, in bring, you know, we're spending what league two, sometimes championships million, you know, to get players in, in that, into that, because it makes more sense to bring somebody in for a million or even less, develop them, coach them, and then make them into a 20, 30 million pound player rather than buying a 20, 30 million pound player and hoping that it comes out, you know, correct. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, the players are brought in has been superb. Obviously, I'm not going to sit and say, I know these players, Chukamaika um, and all that, before they come to us, because I'm, I'm going to lie if I say I did. Um, but seeing them develop, and you can see the squad we've got, and the togetherness, and the galvanised squad, and then the coaching, and all that behind it, and, you know, the machine that is Aston Villa behind them, it's so good to see. And everyone loves one of their own. I know not always being a Villa fan is one of your own, but everyone loves to see an academy product come through and make it into the eleven. And you always find as well that they get given more breathing space than somebody coming from another side. Um, you know, and Agabon Law's proof of the pudding in that. Keenan Davis is proof to that. Um, even Jed Steer to an extent. I know we've got him from Norwich, but he's been at Villa that long. You might as well have come through the academy. Um you know, so we're kind of showing that we do back the youth a lot, um, fan-wise and club-wise now. So I'm so glad to see. I do keep an eye out. And if I see them on telly or if, um, you know, I can get a stream to watch them, I've been doing so. And it's it's superb to see. And it's so exciting. And you can just see these players, like Cameron Archers, we've already spoke about, Chukamaker's coming through, um, Biden's coming through. So many players making the grade at the moment. Um, obviously, the Ramsey brothers. Um, it's it's so good to see. Do you know what I mean? And you're just going to get to a point where, you know, you might have. A, I'm not going to say they're all going to make it because you know, it'd be silly to say. I mean, what what Man United with the Beckham and the Scholes is probably the last time that happened. Um, but to get two or three in there saves the club millions on buying players, yeah. and also, you know. It just shows the players who are looking to join an academy and they say, Christ, you know, Villa's got four or five academy players making the Premier League's matchday squads. I want to go there. Do you know what I mean? So it's good for an advertisement for young kids too. And I also think, you know, sharing the news from today that we've announced the partnership with Football Development Centre, it only, you know, they, they still want to improve the youth team. They're not done with what they've got. And... You know, Perslow said the other week, if you've got 22, 23 um, year old players in your under 23s, your under 23s are failing. <laughs> because if you have that aged players in your uh, under 23s, they should be in your first team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You shouldn't have, I mean, like by the ages, like you say, by 21, 22, you should be there or thereabouts to. To making you know match day squads in the Premier League nowadays, um, and especially when you're you know pushing 23, 24, you should be kind of established now um, in, in in where you are. And 
that's where my problem comes with Keenan Davis because obviously he's older than Wesley. Wesley's gone out on loan now, obviously, but he's he, he's he's. I think he's old at now. I think we kind of need to move on from that and then start looking and developing players like Archer. Yeah, well, I think by the end of the season, I don't think we'll see Keenan Davis in a Villa shirt any longer. You look no. at the rise of Cameron Archer. And, you know, Villa have not been, you know, Villa haven't hid the fact that he came out of nowhere. You know, he was on a training camp and they were impressed by him. And he, he literally come out of nowhere. He was in the youth setup, and he was one of the few that got chosen to go up. And, you know, they he surprised the coaches and how well he was and how professional he was. And he's he's reaping the rewards right now. Yeah, he's doing really well at the minute and he's absolutely smashing it. I'd love to see more of him. But there we go, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm glad that, you know, we've, we've dragged it out to an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, which wasn't my intentions. I did say 30 minutes to Callum on phone, but, you know, before we come on, but we got carried away. I suppose it's been a long time. Um, but as I said before, we are back now. We are going to be doing... Uh, previews, reviews, we're going to start doing the media madnesses again um, and doing the uh, three-player challenges, things like that that come up, we'll start talking about, maybe start throwing in a few more non-related football news just into the mix, just to, you know, not to say that people get fed up of talking about Villa, because I certainly don't, um, but just to add something different. So, yeah, so we're just improving and we're going to keep uh, changing and chopping, changing, putting things in. Uh, as you can tell, Gary isn't here this week. Um, he's, he's got some personal matters to deal with, but I'm sure he'll be back for the Wolves review. Um, Callum, well, well, by the sounds of it, he's here to stay as well. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. so be hearing a lot more of him as well. Um, so, yeah, so thank you guys for listening. Um, I know we've gone off trial a little bit, um, but like I say, it's been a bit of a jumble of different things to talk about. Um, and obviously the Newcastle thing, which is a bit of a negative Nelly to talk about, but we just thought we might as well share our views because everyone else is. But yeah, thank you guys for listening and uh, up the villa.